What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hello, everyone. We're superhero stuff you should know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to... Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. episode of horror movie night this week we are talking about invasion of the saucer men from 1957 who could have possibly picked this <laughs> i have no clue maybe brian no it was me i picked invasion of the saucer people and before i talk about why and how i've even heard of this movie uh, i am very sure that this was both of your first watches so uh how'd you guys like invasion of the saucer people all 72 minutes of it. I love the length of time. So in 2016, Say Anything released an album called I Don't Think It Is. And I love the vibe and I love the direction and I love Say Anything, but the album sucked. And I just refused to admit that it sucked because I wanted it to be good because it just fit with my personality trait that I was trying to create for myself. And I'm convinced that that is you and all of 1950 sci-fi movies. It might not be too far from the truth. I do love the aesthetic more than I like 
a lot of the films. But I actually think that Invasion of the Saucer Men, I mean, it's it's a lot of mistakes. All right. There's a lot of mistakes that were made in the making of this movie. Uh, apparently, it started as a serious film. And then like midway through production, they were like, fuck it. Let's just try to make it a comedy. All in all, I think it's I think it's an all right movie. I am excited because I, when we get to the end, I'm going to guess Scott's double feature before he says it because I'm actually <laughs> fairly confident I know what it is for once. <laughs> I, I mean, it might also be mine because I get to go first on that, but oh, we'll see. Movie kicks off with some sweet 1950s greaser voiceover, though, so already in a good mood as soon as you It's hit narrated play. by fucking Duke. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Thick Jersey accent. So my experience with this movie is that a good friend of mine who comments quite a bit on the Facebook page, Lauren Longbottom, right around the end of college or maybe shortly after I graduated college, she texted me one time and was like, I just bought this movie. It's my dad's favorite film. And I feel like it'd be up your alley. Do you want to hang out and watch it? So I went over and we watched Invasion of the Saucer Men. And she's like, it's so bad. And her dad is like 100% just like 50-year-old me. Because every time I see him, <laughs> he's just talking to me about Sven Svengoli, who's like a late-night horror mm-hmm. host. When he heard that we did an episode of The Deadly Mantis, he was like, oh, what a classic. He's like, what about Tarantula? Are you going to do one on Tarantula? And I was like, maybe. He's a diehard Invasion of the Saucer Men fan. And yeah, is this one that I'm always going to pop in? Not really, maybe once in a while. But I think that it does capture the best of the bad of 1950s movies like this. You've got like Makeout Point and the teenage kids and like half the movies just about like, man, these adults, they just don't listen to us kids and we're in the know. And that's like (laughs) kind of the vibe of it. But it's just... Ridiculous. The whole movie's ridiculous. The actual design of the saucer men has kind of become like an iconic look. Like yeah. they utilize it in Futurama now as like the head news anchor is based on invasion of the saucer people <laughs> oh, in the yeah. show Futurama. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so. that, I was like, why the I assumed that they that the design was ubiquitous now and I just didn't know how fresh it was in fifty seven. But um yeah, that yeah. That, that news anchor that makes absolute perfect sense. You know, and also <laughs> I, I thought that the saucer itself was pretty dank. Like it, it looked good. Yeah. And I, I really thought that this was, I know this is going to sound weird for a black and white movie, but this was kind of like a gory 50s movie because it seemed like there was gore happening. There was a lot of implied gore yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I really, did. I mean, I think that, I think it's not, this movie's not half bad. Um, you know, I think I liked it better than Giant, uh, the giant mantis giant mantis was it deadly mantis, Des- deadly mantis. You, yeah see how much i like that movie all i didn't movie, i didn't hate I that movie and i don't hate any of these movies i think that they're about ambiance and so when we have to do a show for the ha-has you know on a 1950s movie it's like guys this is kind of inappropriate you know like it's the, the amount of sexist comments in the first five minutes of this movie <laughs> is just impressive <laughs> Um, but then you're like, then you're like, oh, those weren't so bad when you get like more into it. And like, there's just a whole scene where it's like, did you fill up with gas? And she's like, I don't know what gas is. And it's like, <laughs> of course, a dumb broad doesn't know what gas is. But, but it's also so funny because, yeah, they, they treat, they infantilize the women in this. But then also the women are, all the, all the women that are at like make out point are like, 
hey, cut those lights, you're cramping our style. You know, like they they all want to <laughs> drink and they all want to fuck. You know, and I'm yeah, like, they're all growing up you. to be Marge Simpson's sisters. <laughs> like that's just the direction they're heading. I do like the one scene. There's this stupid motif throughout the entire movie that makeout point is right next to a guy's farm. It's on a guy's farm, and the kid's like getting his cows drunk. Yeah, but also think <laughs> about how much that bull would have had to drink to get drunk off oh, of that sure. shitty like three two beer that they probably had in 1957. It's not like. You know, I don't think that they had, you know, Imperial IPAs in 1957, you know? Like, there weren't, like, 9% beers. There's that scene early on where the bull scares our female lead. Yeah. And she screams. And then you hear one of the girls in the car go... Take it easy, Bobby boy. And then one of the guys goes, go, man, go. And it's like, just captures 1957 in such a, a beautiful time. And, you know, the only thing that could have been better is if they had enough money so that after the guy goes, go, man, go, somebody says, but just don't step on my blue suede shoes. <laughs> I will. So, so throwing compliments, like you said, like the UFO doesn't look bad. I actually think that, like, the disembodied hand underneath the car crawling to the tire yeah. with the fingers coming out. But is, they use it so much. For how low much. budget this movie yeah. clearly is, it's a pretty effective prop. And I love that it's got the, like, the prop is cool because they really, they put little lines beneath, of uh, like little tubes underneath each one of the, the claws so that the claws would drip the, the water, like the, 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 what you thought was some sort of, like, poison but at the end of the day you find or at the end of the night it's alcohol and the best part is that the only guy that dies the only person that dies if i remember correctly is he only dies because he's already drunk when he gets attacked by the saucer poisoning yeah and (laughs) which credit where credit's due right which this movie doesn't deserve that much credit but are we giving it too much the idea that like first of all i love that the aliens are framing this kid so like he's like they're beating up the car they must think it's because the car like killed their friend and then they this later guy find really out hates that- cans <laughs> 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 but then they find out that it's like no the aliens killed a dude and we're like shit we gotta cover up the tracks let's make this kid's car look like it was a hit and run i love the plot point of like theoretically yeah you know what like if aliens were coming and visiting earth Having the ability to make any person who meets them seem like a drunk is a really good uh, method of covering your tracks. Mm-hmm. I don't think Brian's sold on this. No, no, I just agree. I just also think, you know, that they choose who gets to see them, like rednecks. Wait, like what? Like a redneck? Yeah, like that's who they allow to see them, is people that would... The unlo- unreliable narrators are the only people uh, that seem to find aliens. For some reason, I was like, is that some sort of conspiracy theory term? Oh, this is because it's coming from Brian. Or is that a uh, cryptozoological creature that I don't know yet. But then I realized he's just talking about rednecks. I'm like, I know that cryptozoological creature. I grew up around about 20,000 of them. Oh my God. We were out camping and we were making out. And then I just, I remember seeing those big white eyes, black eyes, like a dog's eyes. And I remember him saying to me, go on, get. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's so funny because Scott thought that a redneck was a cryptozoological creature. Man, I fucked up that one. You sound like you just got poked by the, the saucer They got man. me, Scott. I watched, your, me. I watched your tongue trip. <laughs> well, I'm not cutting this, but... Chris, that was worth the money to watch his tongue actually <laughs> roll over on itself. So Scott thought that a redneck was some type of monster in cryptozoology but actually they're just cryptozoologists that's what Ooh. that's the joke that i was trying to get to <laughs> i don't know and if it, it would have been better if you would have it was a good one the stupid tongue got in the way speaking of the the farmer who i guess would fall into the redneck category a little bit i love him calling the cops and he's just like get them smooching kids off my property i couldn't remember if that i have that as a note and I, all in caps and i couldn't remember if that was a bit for me or if that was actually a, a, a quote that is a quote <laughs> but i know for sure that this is a line and not a bit why don't you tell me how to uh how to get the first base with you tonight and she's just like <laughs> real fresh you know i'm just like i love how women in these movies are just they had to pretend like sexual harassment was just cute you know, yeah. the same shit happened in Deadly Mantis. It's just like, ha, 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 women are just objects. They have no motivations of their own. That's pretty much every woman in a 50s horror movie it's for the most part. It's pretty much every woman forever because, mm -hmm. you know, like, dudes that have the, the thought process of, like, this might work, you know, yeah. with their bullshit lines. There's just a line far as the eye can see behind every four to four to ten out of ten, you know? Oh, yeah. The only reason I'll never get in trouble is because I can never really get them down right. Like, I'd go to Hooters, I'd be like, I'll have the chicken breast, hold the breast. And they're like, huh? And I'm like, just chicken fingers, please. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is that everyone knows that this is Brian in his head trying to romanticize how awkward he is when in reality he's so awkward that he goes, he, he if he even finds himself in a Hooters, he would look at the floor and be like, chicken fingers, please. And then that's it. You know, and he, he wouldn't do anything else. And he'd drink his fucking water or Coke or whatever the hell. I don't, I don't know if Scott or Brian has had to experience this, but I've had the experience of having a boss take me to Hooters oh, as you a have. business trip. And oof, that you is... went every Friday at work. But this was like two years ago when like they literally were wearing like turtlenecks. Yeah, no, this was wings. so my manager would like be in town like once every few months, and he would hit me up every single time that he was in town. He's like, hey, you know where the Hooters is around here? Let's meet up and talk. And he would just go over the numbers and flirt with whatever poor girl was set as the waitress, and I'd just sit there awkwardly. And I know that on at least one occasion, when he got up to pay the bill, I apologized to the waitress because I felt so uncomfortable being there by association like you know, I was like yeah but the best part about that is that I got real fucking nervous when you were getting to the end of that story because you said and I watched my boss get up from the table and I was like oh god was he visibly Bone aroused alert. you know it's like yeah. now that yeah. and is and the salt and pepper and everything just fell off the table as he turned it was insane <laughs> it was literally like that scene in basketball when there's there <laughs> i want to talk about my favorite character in this movie real quick which is Artie, the roommate who 
shows absolutely not a single second of sadness when he's told that his longtime friend and roommate has been killed. They con artists uh, together. He doesn't give a fuck. No honor among thieves. Listen, Scott, if someone called me and said, hey, something terrible's happened to Scott, like, I consider us con artists in a way, but I'd still be heartbroken. I don't consider us Explain con artists. Con artist. Like, well, Matt, go we to, go to, go to cons the... and oh. we're an artist. <laughs> Matt, you are so full of terrible jokes today. Like, this is going to be a 10-minute episode unless you are an absolute moron. I know what's good for the show, and it's that it all stays (laughs) every second of it. Oh, Christ. I mean, I I think that the creatures, like I said, I think that the aliens look really cool. I think it's a good quick view. They're just what I want. They're exactly what I want. I'll say that. This was easier than Deadly Mantis for me to finish. I mean, just personally, I think that there are similar lengths, but like... There was less science yeah, in it. Yeah, like, there was nobody... Deadly Mantis... Exactly right. There wasn't the, 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 the scene where they're like, well, I am a scientist, and this is what it means with this, and this, and this, and this, and this. I, I think for... Here's the thing, because this is like a low-budget 50s movie completely designed for drive-in audiences, right? Mm-hmm. But... They actually do something that I think is kind of interesting is like they're juggling essentially four different character storylines, maybe yeah. even five. I guess you could argue with the farmer, but like you've got the farmer and he's got his own storyline. You've got the military that's like trying to do something with the spaceship. spaceship can you hear us? Answer yeah. me. <laughs> you've got the detective who's just terrible at his job. Time for the third degree, huh? You've got all of the teenagers at Makeout Point plotline, and then you've got the two con artists plotline. Like, there's all these moving pieces, and they're all, like, pretty well fleshed out. Like, I feel like with all the main characters, none of them were just, like, generic character A, B, C, or D. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, the con artist guy. He was... His storyline was this was happening or whatever. We do have to talk about the cop who ultimately the resolution of this is completely insane because no one else besides the teenagers learns of the existence of these aliens, excluding Artie. (laughs) These two kids get off the hook with the dead body just because he had alcohol poisoning in the coroner report and the cops basically just like, oh, you hit him. He was just already dead. So charges are Which I don't think you could figure that out that quickly in 1950. I don't know. No, I don't think so either. I I like how that's where your suspension of disbelief breaks and not the, you know, the aliens with booze syringes in their fingernails. (laughs) Who get the bull drunk? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what their fucking plan was. Party, dude. (laughs) Yeah, it was like space invaders. They just came to hang out for a little bit. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. 
Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Alright, Matt, I think that we're at the point where you're, you need to tell us what your double, fe double feature would be. So, I've got one that I'm gonna hold off. It's literally only there because it was the actual double feature when this played at the drive-in, because I wanted to find out what that was. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to pick it, so I'm going to tell you guys afterwards. But the actual movie, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, yo, this is the plot to Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> like, <laughs> bunch of teenagers that uh, make out point. They see an alien. There's a farmer walking around. <laughs> There's cops that don't believe anything that's happening around them. It's Killer Clowns from Outer Space that ripped off this movie. Chodos Brothers, bunch of hacks. <laughs> Didn't you just meet them two weeks ago? I never met them. I just threw them a few free shirts. I said, hey, here's some shirts with your critters on them. <laughs> oh, boy. Brian, why don't you go, go next? You can have mine. I don't even know if I'm correct in it, but I, I, I'll take what I think is Scott's, which is idle hands <laughs> because of that scene in the car where the hand is crawling oh, up the car. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh my God, it almost seems like shot for shot just from like when it was like cutting to them in the car and the hand crawling and cutting to them. And I'm just like, this this alien's going to grab a boob, isn't he? <laughs> That's some lateral thinking. And I appreciate that, Brian. But uh, I am going to go with The Blob 1988 because a true horror fan would say, I'm going to double feature Invasion of the Saucer Men with The Blob, the original Blob, which was, is that 53? Matt, you would know better than me, right? Uh, I think so. For someone who lives so close to Blob Fest, I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> well, anyway, the, in, any, in any case, the original Blob would be a true horror fan's double feature, but I am a, um, I'm a poser, even though I've been doing yeah. this show for a, a long time, and I would go with 1988. Uh, 1988's The Blob because that movie is quite possibly top five best special effects in horror movies and it's about an invading and alien. Also in the top five Invasion of the Saucer Man. So <laughs> perfect. The year is 1957. You're going to the drive-in and you're seeing Invasion of the Saucer Man but what do you think the A picture is that's playing before it? The Peregrine Falcon. Because <laughs> I'll tell you this much. I've seen both of these movies and I'm going to have a better time watching Invasion of the Saucer Men. Ooh. They saved Hitler's brain. No, that was oh. 60s. Yeah, that was 60s. It was, I was a teenage werewolf, which has a fantastic werewolf design, and that is the end of the compliments. That, <laughs> that has movie been is sitting in my to pick list, but I don't think I ever It's will. better than half the shit that's on your list, dude. No one wants to listen to us talk about strip nude for your killer, Okay. It's not happening. Wait, why or are Bay you of Blood? Gonna, why are you going to jump to a conclusions that strip nude for your killer is a grindhouse movie? <laughs> Matt, what have you been watching, my friend? So, for the Geekscape podcast, uh, John, I was on it uh, recently, and John messaged me the day of and said, hey, have you watched Luca yet? And I said, no. And he said, well, watch it before you go on the show today. So, uh, I gave it a watch. 
And be very, be very <laughs> careful because I'm watching it in a day and you tend to spoil. No, 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 I'm not going to give any spoilers. I'm going to give some disappointing news. Probably one of my least favorite Pixar movies. And I think part of it is A, that I hold Pixar to such a high caliber that like, you know, when I go into a movie like Coco or Onward, like, or Soul or Inside Out, like these are movies that like have so many layers and are so deep and like hit all of these really interesting beats that are like far above like normal kids entertainment. This movie kind of felt more like a DreamWorks movie than a Pixar movie. In that sense, it's very just a kids movie for kids. Um, And I also think the other factor is that Ray and the Last Dragon was just so good. It's fun. It's an enjoyable movie, but it's pretty low on my Pixar list for sure. Why do you think that the uh, anxiety and depression rate in teenagers has skyrocketed over the past 30 years? Oh, probably because uh, movies like Toy Story make you terrified that every toy that you've had secretly exactly. has a life. So maybe Luke is what we need, right? Because Pixar, <laughs> as, as enjoyable as they are, it's just like, wow, here's some really cute animals to teach you about despair. And sometimes we don't need that. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I like your line of thought here and your, your reasoning, but I thought that my toys were alive back in 1985, so I can't put that blame on Pixar. Prior to that, that was just your thoughts in your (laughs) head, and then Pixar did Toy Story, and you're like, oh, God, other people thought this. Now it must be true. Dude, when I was, like, eight, I I got up to pee in the middle of the night, and you know how, like, you're still, like, dreaming semi-awake? I went into the bathroom, and I peed, and then when I came back in my room, my toys were like, and then I was so convinced that I was like, I caught you. I, I fucking caught you. That's a much better version of when I got up to pee and I was half asleep and I sliced open my eyeball. What? Oh, God. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. That was gross. I do remember when I was working out late on a project. Oh, poor thing. I was working with mom and Julie came downstairs and she would, and mom was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm getting water. And then stepped on the chair, pulled her pants down, sat on my project, and then just started pissing. <laughs> like, straight out of the exercise. <laughs> oh, Julie, I'm sorry. I'm glad you never hear this episode. I guess I can't just drop the one tidbit and not actually explain it for people. So, when I was a kid, I got up one night to go to the bathroom and we used to have this little plastic cup in the bathroom for like if you wanted a, a sip of water, like a cup of water in the middle of the night. So I went to get a cup of water afterwards and I knocked over the cup and someone had left the cabinet underneath the sink open and I didn't see it. So when I bent down to get the cup, I jabbed my eye into the corner of the cabinet and I was still like half asleep. So I didn't think anything of it and just got my water and went back to sleep. And then when I woke up the next morning, I couldn't open my eye because I had actually punctured the eyeball (laughs) and it was like sealing itself over. And I basically had to wear an eye patch for a couple weeks while it healed. I saw no third dimension. Yeah. And now I wear like super thick glasses. (laughs) Uh, Let's not blame your stupidity for your astigmatism, all right? Um, So anyway, you guys are downers. and I am going to be an upper today. So yeah. Megan and I started watching Game of Thrones. Finally started watching Game of Thrones. So for anybody that's not the top tier Patreon, 
watching this. Brian has, and I think I've counted four times now, made the, the fucking cowabunga <laughs> sign with his thumb and uh, pinky out. And you live in Georgia, buddy. Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe if you're in Florida and you could even surf... Anyway, so we started watching Game of Thrones. We're two episodes in. I don't even know if I'll make it through the first season before I get sick of everybody being a shithead. But the thing about Game of Thrones that I do enjoy is twofold. I enjoy the head trauma, because there's a lot of it already, Mm -hmm. and boobs. I don't think that the gore and nudity is going to really keep me coming back forever. It's just a, it's something to fucking watch when Megan and I are like, well, there's no real show to watch this week. I guess we're going to watch game or t- this. There's no real show to watch on this day of the week, rather. So yeah. let's just watch an episode of Game of Thrones. That's why you guys hate my picks all the time. Yeah, it's not Loki day. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't hate your picks, Brian. But what did you watch this week? <laughs> we I didn't finish it, but I still want to talk about it because it's it was so entertaining. We we like threw on um, a flat earth documentary. <laughs> and it got it got Why? it got bored it like got boring this? midway through but like the best part the best part was so they they had the science like these guys that were like whatever scientists i guess uh, and <laughs> they were convinced that they could prove they're like we know that the earth is flat and like they did all this thing we're like this is the proof and they were like if only we can get our hands on this $20,000 laser like it's never wrong if we can get our hands on this $20,000 laser, it will prove that the Earth is not on a 15-degree axis. And then, like, that's our first step in disproving it, right? Someone loans them the money. They buy a $20,000 laser. They put it on the ground. And it shows a 15-degree axis. (laughs) And then they start to try to figure out where this laser that they just typed up saying is never wrong could have went wrong. And it was <laughs> so good. That's called a sunk cost fallacy, <laughs> listeners. Holy shit. All right. Well, that was Invasion of the Saucer Men 1957 as picked by me. Next week, we're diving into a 90s pick that Scott picked. And man... It gave me so much splendor (laughs) to watch that I am so excited to record this. So tune in next week for more Horror Movie Night. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. 
Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hello, everyone. We're superhero stuff you should know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to... Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 